Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Digital Health Unfiltered. Uh, I'm Siddhartha Srivastava, of course, joined by Nick Jeans. Uh, we are super excited today to have uh, our, our guest today, Deepesh. Hey, guys. Great to be here. You know, I am uh, really excited to see you again and talk to you again. And Stipto, I'm not sure you knew this, but uh, Depesh taught me way back 10 plus years now, um, before big data was even a buzzword, uh, Depesh taught me a little bit about big data. We published a small paper together. And Nick taught me everything about data quality. These are our <laughs> early days of learning and teaching each other. So great to see you, Nick. Likewise. Thanks. Deepesh, why don't you start just maybe for the audience, give us a quick intro about, you know, um, your, you, who you are, a little bit of your background, and we'll get rolling then. Happy to. I am uh, a chief analytics officer for Bonsecor Mercy Health. For those who don't know uh, Bonsecor Mercy Health, it's a, it's a large health system, a mission-based health system based out of Ohio. We are operational in seven states uh, in United States and uh, operation in Ireland as well. Uh we also run a large IDN, and uh, we are very excited, very forward-thinking in terms of how we bring different components of digital ecosystem into the mix and bring value to not just to our uh, healthcare system, but to our communities and to our patients that we serve. Wow. Well, well, well great to have you on the page. Did not know the Ireland sort of, you know, branch, so that's uh, maybe something to dig into in, in, in our next podcast. I'm super excited because, you know, Deepesh, you and I have had conversations over you know, weekends when, you know, you're doing groceries and I'm dropping my kids off and we still tend to have this, you know, long philosophical conversation about digital health, where things are going. So I'm, it's, I'm, I'm happy to bring this to our audience. So let's, you know, we'll, we'll start with the, the state of the state uh, of sort of healthcare and maybe towards the later part, we'll also talk about Accrete, um, you know, a, something that has been launched out of uh, Bonsi Course. And uh, and so let's let's get rolling. Uh, Deepesh, as we were sort of you know prepping for this thing, you know there were three or four areas that you are tracking in terms of you know the industry, the trends, like the big macro movements, as you sort of call them, like cost pressures and volume and uh, regulatory oversight and so on. So let's like jump into it. Let's start with uh, with with cost pressures. You know what are you seeing with like, the PE world, the markets, and so on? Give us your take. Absolutely. So. This is a culmination of uh, week-long worth of work and musing on on things that are happening over the weekend. So here, here's my take on on few of these things. I think from a cost perspective, this is not new uh, in the time that we are living in. Every health system, every business, even inside healthcare and outside healthcare is facing cost pressure. Uh, there's a bit of a perfect storm that is ahead of uh, many healthcare systems uh, because of the inflation cost, because of the labor disruption, and because we as a health system do not really have any price elasticity like in retail or others. We cannot change our prices just because inflation is higher. Uh, These all are eroding into the margins of many health systems operation and bringing a bit of a reality check in terms of their financial sustainability something that was very visible in the Q1 results that many healthcare systems put out. And so this is real, and it is going to continue to get worse for us in the, in the, in the, in the coming month and year or so. So cost pressures for health system is very real. And for us technology leaders, it does mean you know, a different era that we are walking into. 
the second set would be things around uh, just the rapid shift that is happening from a volume-based business to a more fee-based business in which health systems are increasingly trying to become a risk-bearing entities and how do they manage those population risk on their side. And then we are also seeing a lot of disruption in healthcare from quote-unquote disruptors of healthcare coming into healthcare, trying to provide a shift to the alternate and non-acute care side. So we are seeing a lot of disruptors from concierge medicine to primary care to specialty care, a lot of direct-to-care, a lot of direct-to-consumer um, healthcare services coming up, virtual care being another one. So there is a constant uh, biting into the share of healthcare ecosystem that is also happening at the same time. And then there are push that we are seeing from a regulatory perspective, You know whether those are started with ICD and kind of leading into Fire Standard and now Cures Act and such. So government is increasingly trying to do more in this space. That also leads into push for commercialization um, and consumerism and also government's push for digitization to connect the healthcare ecosystem and take a lot of intermediaries out and the friction points in the house. So if you if you think about all those macro points, there are many things to think about from a technology. What does it mean for us? How do we yeah. think about next five years? So this is fascinating. So let's double click on you know some of these, and uh, you know Nick and I will maybe uh, sort of sort of lead that. So just you know you talked first about sort of cost pressures. Now you know the classic healthcare industry that you know we live and breathe and uh, in in every day. The, the the hospital systems, you know, they, they got quite a double whammy. You know, of course, there was COVID and now there's the headwinds of inflation and you talked about later labor and, and other pressures. So are there players that are stepping in that are looking at this as an opportunistic point uh, when healthcare, traditional incumbent healthcare is weak? And would love your thoughts about how the whether it's the Amazons or the Walmarts or the CVS is getting in and how are health systems sort of responding to that? I think in most of these times, one of the first thing that comes is tightening of the belt that immediately happens for the healthcare ecosystem. What happens as part of it is everybody's budget gets looked at and there is a constant push for making technology services within the healthcare ecosystem faster, cheaper, and better. Uh, it always isn't the reduction of level of services that is expected but it is about making it more affordable for the health system. And, you know, IT in particular, as part of any other technology portfolio, goes through that through different set of cycles. And these set of macroeconomics are going to bring another set of pressures on that. And we are going to see archetypes of whether technology leaders use that as an opportunity to reinvent their operating model or do the classic way of reducing their purchase services and staff uh, as part of this reaction. And we are hoping that there will be winners and losers in this process as well. But really, the the market has given a lot of operating models for technology leaders to think differently about this space and something that will be very interesting to see what different players do in this space. And Depeche, you mentioned, and we've certainly heard about this in New York for many years, just the transition to value-based care and away from fee-for-service. But is there anything new on the horizon that you've encountered? Because on the regulatory standpoint or incentives, you know, besides MIPS and MACRA, I don't think there's been anything specific, at least at the federal level, 
uh, about this. But uh, if you're aware of uh, new initiatives or anything, uh, I haven't been paying as close attention to it as I used to. There is nothing new, but I think there is definitely a more revised focus in terms of using data analytics and digital capabilities to engage more patients into managing their own care. And that's where we are seeing some sort of renewed focus where some of the trends that have led us to this point where population health, traditional population health programs have become more expensive over a period of time because of different added costs that has come. And we are seeing a new set of wave happening where while we want to do more population health, we want to do at a lower cost point and with completely different set of tools. So if you think in under the hood on that topic, how are we leveraging data and analytics capability to deliver better population healthcare in a more automated way? How we are leveraging more patient engagement tool, not a mirage of you know point solution for managing individual disease states and things like that, but how do we get with engaged with the patients between two episodes in a lot more comprehensive way uh, is where the push at the reinvention is happening from the tech enablement side of the population health. So I, I think health systems and IDNs in particular are looking at how they can bring this push more toward bringing more lives under a managed care contract by leveraging some of these tools and their ability to deliver better healthcare at a lower cost point when that's the that's the push that you know uh, that this re- reinvention is causing um, folks to think through yeah wow well thank you you know let's double click on the other item you mentioned you know around alternate alternate and non-acute sites that are sort of popping up like do you see this like you know back in the day banking went through this you know they had tellers and then they opened up atms but they opened them up right in the bank itself so that people were used so do you see this as a longer journey towards digitization and now everybody's banking on their phone with like you know the equivalent of like digital front doors and you know not exposing the spaghetti of back end messiness that each health system has so with all this move towards non acute sites that are popping up do you see that as a trend towards that or are you thinking about it sort of differently so it is it is very interesting to see you know especially the commercial population and the needs that they have especially in a in a post covid uh time period when people are expecting healthcare to be delivered differently and not just individual healthcare, but a family care, uh, both from a primary care perspective as well as secondary care perspective. And people are looking at more comprehensive approach where they can get the care when they need. They want healthcare services of um, at least the primary care to be accessible during off hours, during their their own you know, employer sites, um, accessible over weekends, accessible on demand and things like that. So there is more demand and I would say willingness to pay for those services and hence the rise in the concierge medicine and even an openness among the employers to provide those services as an employer benefit. Uh, there is a big push that you will see large um, um, institutions bringing in more um, such health programs for their employee base and which is feeding into all these disruptors to address a market which is slightly away from the traditional healthcare. Now, what's not getting solved in all of this is when do you need an acute or a tertiary care 
how does that system handoff has to happen? And the traditional healthcare players like healthcare providers have always thought about their primary care and specialty care as a feeder through their acute care. And if those pieces are taken away by these disruptors, how how would this patient would come for acute care? And that's where elective surgeries become shoppable and there is a big push to establish your brand. There is a big push to think about you know, NPV calculations and whatnot. So health systems are now trying to figure out that D-link that is happening between primary to secondary to tertiary, how do they get back into the game for all their brick and mortar services that they have to worry about? Yeah. And this ties into the one of the last things you said about this government push towards the digital care and digital access uh, in the 21st Century Cures Act. This is all happening at a time where it should be more easy for patients to share their records with third parties. And so you can imagine that they they have like a, they get a doctor's opinion about their issue. Um, maybe they even get blood work, an x-ray or something. They have it available to them digitally in, on their phone, on their desktop, and then they can find an elective surgeon, maybe, maybe uh, unaffiliated with like the... Uh, the healthcare institution that they were working with and they can take all their records and stuff to that surgeon and get their procedure done somewhere else. Um, which, uh, you know, I imagine a lot of healthcare institutions are nervous about. Yeah. And and that's true. And that's, that's going to be more and more pushed toward, uh, finding solutions that enable that, uh, exchange of information, I think EMR companies are doing to the best of their ability to enable that, but it's not all on them to open that up. Mm-hmm. It's also, you know, technology players like Google and Apple are trying to bring those convergence onto the devices that they sell to the consumer base. But I think it's going to take the entire ecosystem to work toward those in order to bring that because healthcare is still, all our touch points are so fragmented um, that there is not a single silver bullet to all these problems unless the entire ecosystem work on, you know, greater sense of interoperability. And that's the government push to enable that. Yeah. I I just remember a prior uh, federal administrator in uh, the office of the National Coordinator of Health IT was very keen on like developing this app economy and just making data easily uh, shareable. And you can imagine like big players could come out with their own apps to kind of lure patients away from their, their current uh, healthcare facility, healthcare institution, especially for, for some of these uh, elective procedures that are uh, so lucrative. Yeah. And, you know, Deepesh, I want to sort of also get your thoughts on something related, which is, you know, there's always this play and thought about incumbents, you know, and health systems being the incumbents sort of, you know, here. Uh, and culturally, we know this ecosystem very well, where you know, they have lived and breathed a certain way. Of course, COVID gave them a big sort of kick in the pants, uh, so to say, in terms of transforming. But we immediately saw a reversion to the mean, uh, which was, all right, well, well, let's do a lot of telehealth, 80% of telehealth. Oh, we'll do that. Well, now we're back to everybody coming in person and so on. So culturally, there are certain headwinds that you know health systems face. But when you think of health systems or even, and actually the people that are part of this health system, so share some thoughts about what do you think in terms of the cultural change, the people change? You know, we're seeing this big trend of a lot of, you know, digital officers and transformation officers and so on. 
would love your thoughts on this. Yeah, and this is something, Sudhita, you and I have talked uh, a, a few times around just as evolution of the work that we have done, you know, at the cross-section of technology and healthcare throughout our career and how much of that has transitioned. I think we are looking at the next set of evolution where there are two things happening. There is, of course, an impact coming in from all the buzzword about digital when, you know, everybody has their own definition of what that digital is and trying to manifest that into their own work and into their own operational working in order to define what the future state of their operations should look like. So there is there is definitely a buzzword effect that is happening about this space among different healthcare technology leaders. But at the same time, there is a real set of impact and at scale work that is happening across the board that we are seeing where all the trends that we talked about, there is a big push happening in terms of how do we tech enable healthcare in ways in which it wasn't done before. And that's to me personally is the true digitization and the true digital revolution that is happening. And if if I can pick a naive example, if in past world, the way of doing business of scheduling an appointment was being done through a phone call, now majority of that can happen through a self-service app. That's a digitization push. What's the business that you weren't doing before that you're now doing through a tech-enabled mechanism is a true digitization. And we are seeing a version of that happening. This is not about thinking about IT as a business portfolio with a digital lens. This is all about thinking, how are we enabling the rest of the healthcare business through a digital lens? This is not about making IT digital. This is about making the rest of the organization digital. Yeah, I I, I love that. Um, Digital is such an ill-defined term in our industry. um, If anybody wants a kick, uh, they should go back a couple of years Hims tried to set up a committee and come up with a definition of what is digital. And I, I will leave that mystery out for people because it's just too long. It was it was like every buzzword thrown in, yep. change, yep. transformation, EHRs, clinical care, patient. And you know, it was like a, a word soup of digital. And I think a lot of organizations have struggled for it. I try to simplify it myself by saying you know, digital has become a proxy for change. Because a lot of health systems need that change, that alignment with strategy. But sometimes the traditional pockets that they've looked at for change just aren't there. So they're looking for different ways, whether it's analytics or transformation and so on, or strategy to, to, to make that change, which you articulated very well, is, is needed. So, yeah, <laughs> you can have a whole podcast on that. Mm. And But, yeah. Going uh, maybe a little bit to buzzwords, you know, uh, Depeche, that Sudipto and I are big fans of the Gardner hype cycle, and we're constantly looking at things that are uh, on the upswing or the downswing, heading toward the trough of dis- disillusionment. In your opinion, and you, like, what do you, what technology or, or even uh, industry fields or, or maybe even specific companies? Uh, what, in your estimation, is uh, is on the upswing right now? And then on the flip side, uh, what do you think is uh, overhyped, overrated? That's a, that's a great question, Nick. So uh, just my take, uh, I'm just picking a couple of random examples. 
Uh, on the upswing, I see today's market has a lot of data aggregators within the healthcare ecosystem where they are trying to enable artificial intelligence. They are trying to drive, you know, uh, support to pharmaceutical research or, you know, other other set of research. And there is a lot of cent- focus to centralization of the data, whether health systems are trying to build a data warehouse for themselves or separate consortiums are trying to collect data from multiple healthcare ecosystem or there are businesses around this. What's happening on the upswing is is the focus toward more federated learning and thinking about rather than trying to collect data from providers, how can we bring the analytics and the workload into the provider ecosystem itself? And we are going to see a three to five year trend looking forward where there is going to be more and more push toward federated learning type of a model, distributed computing type of a model taking its shape within healthcare, um, where there are going to be a lot of disruptors walking into that space. And it is very early stage. A lot of them are using blockchain-based technologies to 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 enable that. But I wouldn't go on overhyping blockchain than it is already now, but more focused toward federated learning model and pushing more into you know the federated computing space, um, we are going to see some positive trends. That's definitely going to come at an upswing. On the downtrend, I would say you know there is there is there is exhaustion on digital front door and patient engagement solution that is constantly it's there, awesome. and there are myriad <laughs> of apps and okay. services and whatnot that has been created. I think businesses are business leaders are taking a pause at this and thinking through, is this really working for me? And it, has it enabled any set of revenues for us? Or this is just a convenience uh, for my patient population or just a buzz? So I think if I take Gartner hype cycle analogy, there is going to be an evolution and a rationalization of services. Those will not go away. It will just get rationalized how is it helping the business in a day-to-day basis? I think that's coming in that trend zone. Okay. No, that is uh, that's good insights. Appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like us, you know, we, we often talk on this podcast about how one topic can be covered in a whole sort of podcast. You know, that, that itself can be, you know, another another 20-minute conversation. You know, as we start, you know, getting towards the close of it, we did want to sort of talk about Accrete, uh, you know, uh, I think that's when I sort of texted you when the the news came out. I'm like, hey, let's 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 learn more about it. So, you know, give us the the the, the thirty thousand foot version. What is it? You know, do people have to pay? Is it like the the thought leadership effort, like say a Providence or more like an accelerator, like Cedar Sinai? Was it born out of any frustration? So, just give us give us your uh, um, your your thoughts on that. Happy to. Um, we have been very excited about launching Accrete. This has been in making for more than a year for us. And in, in simple terms, what we wanted to do was to create one of the leading healthcare digital ecosystem um, that tries to bring in different teams and players and products and services into a common fold where we could leverage lot of scale together, drive a lot of synergies, and bring a lot of collective strength um, where we can solve some real-world problems in, in healthcare. 
there are a couple of things that are just from a design perspective. Accrete in in its simplicity is a holding company setup to to your question, Sudipto. And the goal there is to to take very uh, aggressive stand in terms of where we would want to spend and invest and enable parts of the digital health ecosystem that we think meaningfully will change things for healthcare providers in general. Uh, when we think about core IT services, that's one big area where we think there will there has to be a meaningful set of changes and big moves that we have to do because it's a very big cost area for healthcare ecosystems to spend on technology and is there a set of disruptions we can drive there. There is an adjacent area around data analytics and AI and ML that we think that we need to bring some reality into the mix versus running it in a silo as a as a as a pet project somewhere in in the mix. So how do we make that a little bit more mainstream? So it doesn't feel like you're doing data analytics, you know, as a as a thing, but it's just part of how you do business. And then somewhat related to that is how do we bring uh, the more digital product ecosystem into the mix where patient engagement solutions and such can work a lot more seamlessly together. When, as we talked about, different sites of care, different hands-off happening. So how can we bring set of common players together to create that interoperability, to create those handoffs? So from a consumer point of view, it is a lot more seamless. I know it's a lot of words to describe what we are trying to do. Uh, but in its simplicity, it's bringing in like-minded individual to solve for the right things. But I guess from from my perspective, because I'm starting to get a handle on it, but like a holding company obviously brings a lot of resources, a lot of expertise, maybe funding. But like, do you consider yourself also an incubator, like a accelerator? Um, and if I'm at a hospital and I like one of the startups that's in a Crete or something, is it do I interact with the startup or am I interacting with a Crete? How does it work? Right. So I would say to, to your first part of the question is we are definitely an enabler of those great ideas that, you know, disruptors and innovators and business leaders might have. And how do we bring to scale? Uh, it's less of an incubation, more of a bringing those businesses and ideas to a scale up in a meaningful way um, as to providing the chassis of Bonsic or Mercy Health and bringing them into real world problems where they can solve those. Um, so bringing them into the umbrella, but also looking at their business model as to how they can work with uh, larger health system and complex problem solving. So definitely working with those disruptors. And at the same time, when we are opening up the broader ecosystem for these companies, they would be working directly with the health system and Accrete will be a lot more in that coaching mode for those companies in a very, very active way. So this is not about, you know, we we help you launch, but now you are on your own. That's not the intent. The intent is to hold their hand throughout their journey of scale up. Yeah, well, good luck. And, you know, it, it, this sounds like an interesting concept. You know, sometimes I make the mistake of, you know, trying to, like the old adage of, does it taste like chicken, you know, or, or not is, uh, you know, there's, we'd love to dig in deeper at some point, because as you're describing things, you know, we've uh, heard Jonathan Bush talk about Zeus and, you know, how they're trying to create that ecosystem. So there are sort of certain similarities that pop in, but, you know, clearly the market is so huge that 
know, they can be multiple players because the problem is worth sort of solving. Cool. Nick, uh, do you want to start closing us out? Oh, gosh. No, you know, I got to ask my silly questions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Depeche, uh, apologies. You're the first person we've asked this to, but if this, if this goes well, we might ask it again. (laughs) But if you could imagine a celebrity spokesperson for, for a Crete, who would it be? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to end on a Well, well um, Tom Cruise just had a massive hit, so why not him? Yeah. Uh, for sure. But, you know, in, in all sincerity, we, from a Crete perspective, our superstars are the, the our portfolio companies and, and the people who think differently in healthcare. They are the real uh, spokesperson for what they are trying to do and how they are trying to think differently. So for, for what's it worth, we'll, we'll let our own stars speak for the, their ideas. We want to give them a solid stage to, to be loud uh, about the ideas that they want to bring to bear. Good answer. That's, uh... That's a great answer. You know, <laughs> I was thinking, like, knowing how much of a healthcare geek we all, geeks we all are, you know, you might pick, like, an Eric Topol in a Superman costume or a Bob Walker <laughs> or Andy Slavitt or something. But uh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> So I guess, you know, folks, that that is it for this um, episode of Digital Health Unfiltered. Uh, Deepesh, thanks a lot. Um, great chatting with you. Great, great ideas. And we'll definitely have you back for, for things as they evolve. And good luck on a Crete. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. 